Welcome to the Water Relief Podcast, Episode 8. It's Carson Andrew, Carson Wynand. It's your host, Sunday, October 6th. Uh, I can't believe it's already October. That's wild. I just went to Tulum for vacation to celebrate the new year, and now we're about to come up on another new year. That's pretty wild. But um, thanks for tuning in. You know, I, I mustered up the enthusiasm to do this podcast. I, you know, was 50-50 sitting on the fence whether or not I should just lay in bed and watch Netflix or I should get up and uh, actually do this. And, you know, I, I found the energy uh, to record a podcast on this overcast Sunday morning in Manhattan, Hell's Kitchen, New York City, worldwide. But... um you know, Carson Andrew, that, that gated community bad boy, I'm here to talk to you guys. I'm that, that country club gangster, you know, the Ivy League homeowner, if you will, um, or really just a hand-me-down Zac Efron. However you want to shape it, I'm here to talk to you guys, update you on my life. This episode won't be quite as entertaining, I don't think, as the last one, but I do have a handful of stories of, of things that have happened to me in the last couple of weeks that I'd like to share with you. And um, I, uh, last weekend, I tried to record this podcast, and it didn't really work out. I was trying a little bit too hard. I was forcing it. And now we're trying again. Episode 8, 8.2, version 2.0, baby. You know what I mean? We're giving it another shot, and that's, I think that's actually a good thing because something very funny happened to me yesterday. Um, Saturday morning, yesterday, I got up and was in my kitchen cleaning some dishes and glasses, and I was naked, okay? Saturday morning, alone in my house, I'm allowed to be naked, right? I was feeling good, sunny day out, I love my new apartment, um, and then I was singing that new Justin Bieber song while naked, while washing my dishes. <laughs> so picture that in your brain. Maybe you're a little grossed out, maybe you're a little turned on. Um, <laughs> but I'm singing that 10,000 hours song uh, over some, some soap and some, some dishes in my kitchen, something like 10,000 hours, ba da da ba 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 da da ba ba 10,000 hours. Doing that in my skivvies, in my birthday suit, and my door in my apartment here, because it's built in like 1901, uh, the peephole is like an actual four inch diameter circular hole in the door. And there's a lid that closes that, that, that hole and blocks visibility through the hole, gives you some privacy, but, uh, you know, so such an old goddamn door that that lid to cover the peephole opens up sometimes. It's like broken. So that peephole was open while I'm singing 10,000 hours in my birthday suit while washing dishes on a Saturday morning. Um, and wouldn't you know it, the, that was also the morning where the maintenance guys... And the superintendent for the building had plans to replace the door because it was obviously old and 
Um, they, they've always had plans to replace that door for me. And uh, so they're at my door, knocking on the door, looking through the peephole. My kitchen is right next to that door and the peephole, looking through the peephole while I'm singing 10,000 Hours by Justin Bieber, Bieber in the nude. And um, it's three full-grown males. And that's pretty embarrassing. And and um, very startled. You know, once I realized they were at the door, uh, obviously embarrassing and startled. I'm like, okay, did you see my ass? Did you see my schlong? Um, wow. Okay, I'm going to go put on some sweatpants and let you guys in. And... Um, I don't really give a shit, but it's it's still really funny. That's really funny, man. And they replaced the door, and, and now the door uh, looks a lot better, and we, we will not have any of those issues going forward. There will never be somebody peeping in through the, mm, the peephole taking a look at my, my package, you know? But um, I've also... I, I eventually want to get to you know, a story on a date I had. I think that's, that's what we'll name this podcast, Second Date Blackout. And if you can tell from the title of that, you know, of this podcast, you can see where it's headed. So I'd like to break that down with you. I think maybe we'll save that for a, a little bit in this podcast. Um, I got a few other interesting stories before we get there, though. You know what I mean, bitches? Okay, first would be Kendall Jenner. I met Kendall Jenner. I don't know if you ever heard of her, but she only has about 120 million followers on the Instagram, on the gram, on the IG. Now, 120 million? That's like half the country, my man. Holy shit. But she came to Grailed, the company that I'm working for right now, during New York Fashion Week to purchase some clothing. Supposedly, Kim K was supposed to come as well. Unfortunately, Kim K didn't show, but I'll settle for Kendall. God damn, is she sexy, dude. She's tall and thin and cute. And she sat down right next to me. She was three feet from me. Did I say anything? No, because I'm a pussy. But really, we're just trying to give her her space and, you know, give her a normal experience. She spent $2,000 on clothing within 15 minutes. She was there with her assistant and a couple other friends, uh, and that's pretty cool, man. Uh, my buddy Arun, who owns Grailed, he, he talked to her directly, and he didn't even... He, supposedly, he sold Haley Bieber a hoodie about a year ago. And what he chose to do was to go up to Kendall and say, Hey, Kendall, can you talk to Haley? Because I'd like to buy that hoodie back. Which is a bit interesting. Not like, hey, how are you? Thanks for coming. Oh my gosh, how's New York Fashion Week? Thanks for stopping by Grailed. If there's anything we can do, I'd love to help you out. No, it's like, hey, tell your friend to give me my fucking hoodie back. Just really putting her in her place. <laughs> so that was cool. I was really hoping she'd take me off the rack with her, you know? I was really hoping she'd be like, ooh, I want that piece over there. What piece are you talking about, baby? What piece would that be? Would that be this piece of ass, Carson? Would that be me? Yeah, okay, I'll go with you. I'm free, too. 
We can live happily ever after, live the life I've always deserved, you know, with champagne flutes and private jets. God. But um, that didn't happen, unfortunately. I guess she didn't, you know, she didn't, it didn't catch her eye like that, which is a bit sad. But that was pretty cool. The whole office snapped into place real quick when, when word ran around, went around that Kim K and Kendall were coming. Everybody got in a hurry real quick to make things look good. It was like goddamn royalty was coming through. You think they're the king and queen? They're the king and queen. They're the queen and queen of social media. And Grailed works in that whole social media world. So, pretty important. That was awesome. Later that day, though, I went to get a haircut. This doesn't have anything to do with Kendall, but it's still funny. I went to get a haircut. <clears throat> First of all, it's at a hair salon in Soho where the haircuts are only $32. And they do a good job. Like, holy shit, talk about a find? A $32 haircut in the city? It's cheap. So cheap, you know? And I finally learned how to communicate with the barber or the stylist or whatever you want to call them, the haircutter person. You know, it took me 28 years, but I figured out how to properly communicate what I want done. That's a learning curve right there. And from now on, guys, it's just a trim. We're just trimming this up. We're not doing a cut, baby. You tell them a cut, they perform the haircut as if they're in the lawn care industry. You know, they think their scissors are a goddamn weed whacker, man. They're like... I thought you said you wanted a number one all over. I'm like, no, my man. I said, take a little off the sides. That's about it. Now I look like I'm in the Marines. So you got to tell them, be careful, be gentle. Maybe a quarter inch off the top at most. You know? I have a picture that I show them of a haircut that I, on me that I did like. That's interesting. I'm showing them pictures now. And I only cut off the top every other time I go to the haircut now, the haircut place now. The time in between is just the sides and back. Can I just get a sides and back today? So that, I feel good about that, guys. I'm just updating you on my hairstyling, my manscaping. Uh, you know, I'm maturing and it feels really good, but. The story here is that I'm in, the, I'm in the hair salon getting my hair cut. Five minutes into my haircut, the guy next to me, he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? And I look over and the, <laughs> and the barber is buzzing the sides of his head all over. And the guy only wanted his beard trimmed. The guy only wanted his beard trim, but the stylist is performing a full trim, full cut haircut on his head. <laughs> He's like, the barber was like, what do you, what, what? I don't know. I thought you said you want a number two on the sides for trim. That's what he said. And the guy was like, no, I only wanted my beard trimmed. 
so the guy's sitting there with the, the sides of his head fully shaved, real tight, high and tight, baby. But he only wanted his beard trimmed. And it's like, it took him five minutes to realize what was going on. He's sitting in the chair while the barber's going to town on his full head. It's like, ooh, are you on THC gummies, my man? How are you going to let that happen? You must have had a really long week, you know? <laughs> what are you on, 200 milligrams of THC? He's going to sit there for five minutes while Ernest, Ernesto, the friendly stylist, goes to town on his sides? And the guy was eventually like, well, fuck. I guess we got to roll with it now. Finish it off. But that's funny, man. He must have been really tired from the work week. And I respect that, man. You know, we all go through our own things. We all have our moments. You just got to keep pushing forward. The hair will grow back. Oh, man. I, I, um, I live on 48th Street. West 48th Street and 10th in Hell's Kitchen. It's about, you know, five, six blocks west of Times Square. And every morning I take the C train from 50th and 6th or 50th and 7th all the way down to Spring Street in Soho. And I walk past the Starbucks on the way to the subway every morning, and they're advertising nitro coffee now. Nitro, nitro cold brew coffee. Like, holy shit, man. That sounds like something Asians put in their Honda Civics. That sounds like the, the fuel they used in Tokyo Drift. Nitro. Really? We got to move on to nitro supersonic Brew coffee? <coughs> That's where we are as a culture? Cold brew, regular cold brew wasn't enough? This shit's so strong, it makes work actually fun. You get into the office, you're like, fuck yeah, let's go, baby, let's go, baby. Karen, you got any extra projects you're working on I could help you with? Come on, Karen, give me the workload. I'm on that supersonic brew this morning. I'm on that nitro brew, baby. I'm blazing. Let's see, I wanna try out this nitro coffee, man. See how strong it actually it is. And what's next, dude? Cocaine brew? Instead of sweet and low, they sprinkle in a bit of cocaine, dude. It's that Colombian roast, if I ever heard of it. That's the Colombian roast. Y'all have the Colombian roast? And low key, that means the cocaine brew. Oh, I'm sipping a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I have a Dunkin' Donuts right around the corner. Uh, I like their coffee better than Starbucks. You know? But um, it was my buddy's birthday the other week. <coughs> and I went to get him a birthday card. It's his 31st birthday. But goddamn, why is picking cards, birthday cards buying any cards in general why is that like so unexpectedly tedious why is that so much more difficult than you expect it to be you know you stand in the aisle for 25 minutes 
reading every single card. None of them are good enough for some reason. And then finally, you're like, fuck, I got to get back to life. I got to get out of here. And then you hastily pick the last card you read and you end up with something like, dearest grandson, we're so enriched by your light and positivity. Best wishes on your 16th birthday. <laughs> picking cards is frustrating, man. Also, when did picking cards, when, when did cards become $12? Huh? When the fuck did cards become $12? I paid $11.92 the other day for a single birthday card. Talk about hidden inflation. I don't think they calculate the expense of cards in the CPI index. You know, I don't think that's included in the 2 or 3% inflation every year. Card expenses. It's just literally two pieces of paper. Who decided that, that was okay to charge that much money, you know? But I buy it anyway. And um, <coughs> it's super frustrating. I, I do have a funny story here, though. You know, I'm dating. I'm back on the market, babies. I'm back. I'm single. I'm on the market. Been going on a bunch of dates. The women in Manhattan are very well put together. And there's a lot of them. And I love living here because of that. Mm-hmm. It's great. I went on a date with this girl. And, um, you know, the question of where you went to college went up. And I told her Yale. And she's like, wow. Like, no way. Oh, my gosh. And then as a joke, jokingly, I said, yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, you know, I really just went to Yale Community College. <laughs> I said that. And apparently... She didn't realize I was joking. She thought, she just assumed that that's actually where I went. And we continued on through the date. And I didn't realize that she thought I actually went to Yale Community College. This comes out, <coughs> and then in the second date, I joke about how I went to Yale Community College again and it comes out that I actually went to regular Yale, Yale University. And it's pretty funny, man. I was like, wow, surprised I got a second date out of this. <laughs> but man, you talk about hidden cost of being a dude? Hidden cost of being a female? Oh, I have to buy tampons. Oh my God. The patriarchy is so oppressive. The hidden costs of being a woman in modern society. Oh my God. Okay, why don't you buy the drinks on the next date, huh? I've spent $1,000 on dates in the last six weeks. Selective feminism. You know? They're awfully quiet when the bar tab comes around, aren't they? And in this goddamn city, that could be a rent, rental payment just for a couple cocktails. 
But um, second date with this girl, everything's going well. <clears throat> She's really cool. I'm excited about it. We're having a great time. And we get a little bit carried away with the drinks, you know? There's one drink, then there's two drinks, then there's three drinks, and then we're like, fuck it, let's do another one. That goes down, and I think there was a fifth one. And by this time, we meet at 8.30, by this, at this point in the night, it's like 11. The, the lights are a little more dim, they turned on the, the EDM music in the club. Somebody scream! Shit, shit like that, the whole mood is a little different. I'm also four drinks deep and I only had a turkey wrap for dinner, so I'm fucked up. I'm fucked up. And I, we, did, we do get a fifth. And I really like this girl. <laughs> so, the whole, this is a second day blackout, baby. I black out. I have this fifth drink. We get up to go to the dance floor. There's, some, there's, a, there's a gay couple to our left who starts, we start interacting with them. We start having a good time. We start talking with them. Vibes are great all around. And then we all go out into the dance floor and I don't remember what happens. <laughs> I black out on the dance floor. That's not good. Okay? Lord knows how I was acting, how my body was maneuvering out there. I wake up and there's a photo on my phone I don't remember taking of me and her. And I look like I'm blasted because I was. And she looks a little drunk, but much more sober than me. And that makes me worried. <laughs> that, was not in the, that was not in the plans, baby. I had one drink too much <coughs> and too small of a dinner. Everything between getting up to go dance and then the, I black back in in the cab with her. I end up leaving my credit card. I find out at the bar the next day. You know you're fucked up when you can't remember to grab your credit card. I paid the bill. Big charge on my card, baby. I paid the bill, but I didn't grab my credit card. But yeah, black back in in the cab. And all I remember there is she says, can we get to her place quicker? Because she feels like she's going to get sick. <laughs> so, you know, she weighs about 70 pounds less than me. There's no way in hell she remembers everything perfectly. She drank the same amount as me. I'm 175. 5'11 and a half. Let's round up to six feet, okay? Let's call it six feet. 175, six foot. She's uh, five, four and 100 pounds. Mm -hmm. With the same, dude, on the fourth and fifth drink, she drank them quicker than me. I was like, whoa, bro, all right. So I need a third date to really break down play by play with her, what happened? Oh man, that's funny. It's not, not ideal, you know? I would love to have not done that. I usually don't get weird though when I get that drunk though. I usually somehow, blackout Carson is still manageable Carson. So that's good. Um, 
yeah, man, pray for me, guys. Hopefully date three comes this week and, you know, I can redeem myself. But I've also, all these little weird stories aside, I've also had some business reflections, you know? Just thinking about life. And learning. And, um... Yeah, life and learnings and business and everything. So, you know, what I've realized is through this whole process, this whole failure process of the last two years, you learn what doesn't work. And that's just as important. That's, that's what you're learning. You're learning what doesn't work. So in the future, when you do it again, you know what to avoid. My whole approach to property, owl, let's say I were to do this company all over again, would be totally different now. You learn what to avoid, and that pushes you closer to actually taking the right steps. You have experience. You know what doesn't work, so you can find what does work that much quicker. And I guess that, you know, that's the value of experience, and that's the value of failures. I would approach Property Owl much differently. Also, it's about working hard. You know, success is about working hard, yes but on the right thing. It's working hard on something that will provide a, a positive return, you know? It's not just blindly working hard. I think I've leaned on that a little too much. Um, just leaning on, just work hard and you'll be successful. That's not, that's not it today. That's just not the formula. Yes, you got to put in the reps, but only when you have secured the right path, only when it's worth your time. I feel like this was the case with golf a little bit when I was a competitive golfer. I feel like I could have practiced a little bit smarter, not just harder. I feel like, um, and I also feel like it reared its head a little bit with property owl. I feel like maybe I got so focused on pounding out the work that you lose sight of whether or not what you're doing is actually going, the right, going down the right path. It's not just about blunt effort exerted. You know, you gotta be smart about it. I'll exert the energy required for sure. I can do that, man. But now only when it's worthwhile. Only when you feel positive it's gonna yield something. So I'm currently looking for solar jobs, baby, looking to get back into that industry. I feel like that's a really good career. I'm a contractor at Grailed right now, working for their private client services business, their white glove business, their consignment business. And I'm a photographer and an editor. Um, thank God I have that. That helps me pay the bills in the meantime, man. And goddamn, that job feels good because there is zero pressure, you know? I just mosey on in, snap some photos, edit the photos, mosey on out, and I get paid. I don't have to worry about anything. That is so nice, my man. <laughs> also, overall, I care, you know, I care a little. This whole process, this failure has changed my perspective a little bit, obviously. I care a little bit less about money. 
obviously still pushing to be successful and everything, but um, less emphasis on money. You know, I'm a, uh, because at the end of the day, I'm still me, regardless of whether or not I have a million dollars or negative whatever dollars. I'm the same, my friends and family are the same, I'm still young and healthy, there's good times to be had. You know, my parents have said a couple times, it's just money, and that's true. It doesn't change the most meaningful things in life, really don't change that much. So that's cool. You know, I know what it's like now to live beat up a little bit, you know? And like, it's, 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 it's really good. It's healthy. Um, now I can really uh, fucking appreciate things in the future. <clears throat> so that's about it, guys. That's all we got for this podcast. Probably, what, 30 minutes or so. Uh, try to stay off social media. Don't do too many drugs. Don't drink too much alcohol. Not drinking alcohol in the city is tough. Such a social goddamn city. Drink a lot of alcohol in this city. Um, and yeah, I love y'all. Episode 8, What a Relief Podcast. Carson Andrew. Uh, I'll try to do this. Another one, Episode 9, coming soon. I love y'all. Peace, love, and booty grease. <laughs>